We're going to start reading in the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter number eight. Luke, chapter number eight. If you don't have a Bible, just follow along with me and I'll be more than happy to share what God says today. <clears throat> Luke, chapter number eight. I'm going to take this off because it's going to get hot in here. Amen. Luke, chapter number eight. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture and then we'll get right into the message. We'll start at verse Let's start at verse number 40. We'll go to verse number 56. Luke 8, 56, uh, 40 through 56. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. I'm glad that some people are still waiting for Jesus. Amen. I, I know I want to wait for him when he come back one day. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of a synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into this house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. That means there were big crowds around. Everybody get, everybody get what I'm saying? And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him, came behind Jesus, and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood was staunched. I mean, it stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with them said, Master, the multitude thronged thee, <laughs> thronged thee and pressed thee. And thou says, who touched me? It's like, hey, man, there's all these people around and they're touching you. How are you going to just say, who touched me when everybody's touching you? And this is what he said. And Jesus said, someone hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is going out of me. I'll say this in passing, that when you need something, only the touch of Jesus Christ will get it to you. Amen. 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 And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and fell, falling down before him. And she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, daughter, be a good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. I could preach a while on that one. When he had yet spake, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when he, Jesus heard of it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, John, and the father, and the mother of the maiden. Keep that in mind. James, John. Uh, James, Peter, James, John, the father and the mother of the maiden. Very, very important. And all wept and bewailed her. And, but he said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed in the scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out. Sometimes when it comes to worship the Lord, you got to put people out of your lives so you can see what God does. And he put them all out and took her hand and took her by the hand and called, maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. You know, many of us believe the day that when life's issues occur, the natural result is to believe in this one quick resolution when something's gone bad. We know this phenomenon as a happy ending. We've all heard of the happy ending before, right? We read the start, the fairy tales, Brother Matt, and we see the happy ending, happily ever after, happily ever after. A happy ending, I'll read what it says. A happy ending is an ending of the plot 
of a work of fiction in which almost everything turns out for the best, for the protagonists, their sidekicks, almost everyone except for the villains. In storylines where the protagonists are in physical danger, a happy ending makes them safe. And vice versa, they accomplish their mission, they accomplish their task, they accomplish their quest. People that are in love, something happens and they're separated by great distances, great miles. But the happy ending brings them together and they consummate their love and they get married and have a kiss and happily ever after, right? We've all seen those shows on TV or whatever, right? The happy ending gained its popularity during the beginning of the Black Plague around 1347 to 1351 when hundreds of thousands of people had died to include entire families and even thousands of villages. Many of the people sought after something that gave them hope during this miserable time. The Black Death created a period where writers began to modify their writing to show that the evils, the struggles, the issues of life could be resolved by the victim and they would be avenged. However, there's some issues with this concept. What happens when life throws you a curveball and you do not receive a happy ending? But your worst fears come to light. What happens when you don't get a happy ending? I think about a, I think about a couple of movies. Who here, has ever, who here has ever seen the movie Star Wars? Star Wars, right? I think about one, one movie in particular. Um, it was uh, when Luke Skywalker, right? Everybody listening? Hey, listen up. Luke Skywalker was flying. He's flying his little, little aircraft. He was going around the aircraft, right? And he comes to the Death Star. Who knows what the Death Star is, right? He's flying by the Death Star. And everybody's getting picked out by Darth Vader. And Luke Skywalker says, I want to stay straight. He was lining everything up. And somebody says, Luke, use the force. I don't believe in that, but Luke, use the force. And, 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 and what happened was he got his happy ending. He destroyed the Death Star. Everybody was happy, right? The question is, the thought is, what about the millions of people that were on the Death Star that had nothing to do with killing Luke's parents? They died. They didn't get their happy ending. Oftentimes we think about, what about me? What about we? What about me? Me getting my happy ending. I will tell you this, a happy ending comes at the cost and the expense of another person. The movie The Day After Tomorrow that came out in 2004, um, that was a very good movie, one of my favorite ones, was about the weather going awry in the whole world. Man was shooting some kind of lasers into the earth, some kind of power into the earth, and it stopped the core. And the earth's atmosphere, the earth's weather went all kinds of crazy, right? And so this movie depicted weather going awry, and it killed millions of people all over the world. Millions would die. But you know, the main characters, they seem to live. And also, not only did they live, they had the opportunity to go back and rescue their family, and their families lived too. I want to say that in this world, happy endings are not necessarily real. They're not possible. And I, I personally believe, this is my personal belief, I personally believe it's one of the master tools of the devil to get you to think, if I live right and do the right thing and be a good person, at the end, if I do all these things, I'll get my happy ending. But that isn't the case. I want to share this story. I want to share this message with you. What happens when you don't get your happy ending? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the day and goodness to us. Lord, I just, I worked all night. You gave me this message at the last minute, Lord, and I just want to honor you by sharing it with the people here today, Lord God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you want me to say. I know what the words are, but Lord, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a servant. 
And help me, Lord God, just to present this message so people can understand what it is that you want them to hear. Not what I want to hear, but you want to hear. Lord God, may you be glorified and may the Holy Spirit speak to hearts and minds as only you can do. And I'll give you the honor and praise and glory. And I'll thank you for it in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. when you don't get your happy end, a couple things happen. Number one, it interrupts your time. It interrupts your time. Amen. You go out of your way to find help. Luke 8, 41, the Bible says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of a synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. I don't know if you guys understand the, the gravity of this situation. And I looked at this, Brother Matt, and it, and it kind of it shocked me a little bit. Jairus, he says, the Bible says he's a ruler of a synagogue. He was a preacher. He was a pastor. I think they called him priest back then. And he was a Jewish person. They didn't believe who Jesus was. Did they, Brother Matt? They, they didn't, actually, they, they, called, they, they thought Galilee, or where he was, was a backwater town. They thought it was the ghetto. That's what they, that's what they thought Galilee was. And they didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And, and, and this person was preaching probably against him. But now the tables have turned. I, I, heard, I heard a quote one day. Be careful of the wrongs you step on going up the ladder because one day you might have to step on those same rungs to get back going back down the ladder. Yeah. Amen. It talks about respect and respecting others. But it talks about right here. It says he was ruler of a synagogue. And this man that did not believe in Jesus Christ ended up falling down at his knees, on his knees, and praying and hoping that Jesus Christ would help his daughter that was dying. He went out all the way out of his way. I can imagine him missing a couple days of, uh, of uh, whatever they had, a couple days at the synagogue to take this journey to go find Jesus. He went out of his way. I'll tell you, sometimes when, when, when you don't get your happy ending or your miracle, so to speak, you'll go out your way too to try to find the thing that gives you the, the, the joy and the hope coming forward. You leave things important to you. Jairus was a pastor. He had to leave us something that he loved to help the person that he loved. You know, brother, brother, uh, brother Perry. Sometimes tragedy will make us leave what, leave what and who we love. To make us really focus on, what's important. I, I was talking to a man the other day at one of my one of my classes that I teach. I teach CPR. Brother Matt was talking about CPR. I teach CPR. It's my business that I do. And I was talking to a young man, and he was saying his wife died because she had a heart attack. She went in cardiac arrest, and she never woke up. And he was always working. He was always on the road working, doing stuff. And he said when he wasn't there, his wife died. So it became a priority for him to stay home. Sometimes, I don't know why this is, but sometimes in our lives, when we focus so much on things that aren't important, we actually end up missing the things that are important. Yeah. And it only takes tragedy to make us say, wow, I should have did this. Yeah. I should have did this. Sometimes it takes something that you can't control to force you to get your affairs in order. You leave things that are important to you. You let nothing interrupt your quest. Jairus made it <clears throat> to Jesus and fell down at his feet as a broken man with no hope. When your pride is not a factor, it's amazing how much faith we place in God. When our pride is not a factor. You know, sometimes people come into this room, Brother Skipper, and they're so hard. They get this hard exterior up. I say this all the time. And they're so hard. They come in here and it's all, almost like, I dare you to break this hard. I dare you. What you going to do to me? What? I dare you. And, 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 and I, I'm not going to try. I'm just, I just, I'm just convinced that I can't break it. What I can do is I can pray to the God who can. 
and, 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 and they come in with this hard exterior. It's almost like you have to, you have to prime them to get them to open up, to show any kind of emotion. But listen, I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know what kind of tragedy they went through. The only thing I can do is I can tell you that God loves you and God is here to help you. Amen. Amen. Help is on the way. If we're not willing to guard our way to to find God for help, why should he go out of his way to help us when we need it? You know, brother, brother Matt, I see so many times people say, well, I got all this stuff going on and, and they pray to God. But before that happened, where were they at? People always ask God, hey, I need help for my rent. I need help for my car payment. I need help for my bills. But when they had money, what did they do with it? Somebody say, man, that's good preaching. And oftentimes we we let these things happen. I'm talking about interrupting our time. You get instructed by others, by others seeking help. Luke 8, 42 and 43. Watch this. For he had only one daughter. He had only one daughter about 12 years of age and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed by any. You know, sometimes this can cause anxiety. After I heard somebody say anxiety is nothing more than I want to fix it and I'm trying to fix it, but I don't have the ability to, so I'm stressing that I can't fix it. That's pretty much what anxiety is. I want to fix something right here. I don't have the ability or the means to, but I'm always... Concerned about how can I get the ability and how can I get the means? And that'll drive you crazy. It'll drive you crazy. It'll drive you nuts. It's frustrating when you have a real issue and have some and, and have waited patiently to have someone jump the line to further delay you. How many people have been in the, in the line? Grocery store, school, lunch line, whatever. And then you're waiting patiently and then some knucklehead jumps the line and cuts in front of you. Isn't that frustrating? You did what you're supposed to do, and they broke the rules, and they jumped in front of you and broke the line and cut the line. It almost makes you want to go out there and fight, amen. But that's not Christianity, amen. Sometimes I gotta, I gotta, I gotta calm myself down. And be like, you lucky Jesus holding me back because this fist would knock you down, amen. But sometimes that's what happens in life, and we're and it'll cause anxiety, amen. You guys get what I'm saying? A little bit of frustration going on. Hey, listen, it's frustrating where you're in a hurry and others do not share your burden to move as quickly. Amen. I, I, Lord, help me. When I'm driving, when I'm driving and, and I'm driving on the street and the speed limit is 55 and they're going 10 miles below it. And I'm trapped in the far lane because everybody else is going the same speed as they are. My desire is to go faster <laughs> with the flow of traffic, with the speed limit, but their desire is to just enjoy the ride. And that causes anxiety. That causes a little bit of tension, a little bit of frustration, amen? I mean, let's just face it. The fast lane is for fast people. Don't go slow in the fast lane, amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Don't drive slow in the fast lane. Let the fast people get in the fast lane, amen? If you're a turtle, get off the street, amen? That's good preaching. Somebody help me. <laughs> Sometimes it's best to see what others are going through before we pass judgment. I don't know. They might be going slow because they may, they may have had a death in the family. And the only way to know how to cope is to drive to somebody that can help them. But they can't drive so fast because they're so busy crying. Yeah. Sometimes the person that's in the line that's cutting the line, and, and they're jumping the line because maybe they need to get home to their daughter. 
the daughter has a 104 temperature and I'm just in the line getting a box of cereal, box of fruity pebbles. Amen. I don't know what's going on in their life. And, and sometimes what will happen is I'll start judging them because I don't understand the situation. Amen. You better learn the situation before you start casting the first stone. Amen. Amen. Look beyond your own circumstances, your own situation before you allow yourself to become frustrated with another situation. These things can interrupt our time getting to the happy ending. Number two, it interrupts your task going to the happy ending. It can make you disrespect others. Watch this. Let me imagine. Watch this. It says right here. And he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. This is Jesus talking to the, the woman that had the issue of blood. This is Luke 15. I'm sorry. Uh, where is it at? Luke 8, 48. <clears throat> and it says, and he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spoke, there cometh one from the, ru one from the ruler's <clears throat> synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. I, I, don't, I don't know the situation there. I wasn't there, but I do know how I would feel. A couple things happen. Number one, I'm standing in line waiting to get my blessing from the Lord. And then somebody comes up and tells me my daughter just died. A couple things are going to my mind. Number one, you blame others. You blame others for what happens. Jarvis could have yelled at the woman and the, the woman and said, and, 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 and said, why you spent so much time? I could have had my daughter healed, but you're sitting here waiting for this and you're doing all this stuff in slow motion. I could have had my daughter healed and you're sitting there doing this. Blah, 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 blah. If we're not careful, we'll start judging others for what they have done. Yeah. Listen, never judge somebody else when God's working with them. Yeah. You just wait your turn and God will deal with you the same way he dealt with them. Jairus could have been upset at the mob that kept him from getting to Jesus quicker. Yeah. The Bible does say that he was kneeling at Jesus' feet and the mob surrounded him. How many times do we get ourselves in a situation where it, it seems like the help is right there and then somebody comes in and now we're often on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've been there certain times. I could have been mad at the mob. Jairus could have been upset at Jesus taking too much time with others because his need was important. Sometimes what we'll do, and I'm guilty of this myself, what we'll do is we'll get mad at God because he didn't move fast enough. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I know Brother Matt, Brother Perry, says, Christina, you guys go visiting a lot, and I, I do sometimes. And what happens is you hear people, I hear so many stories, so many stories, Brother Perry, of people saying, well, my, my sister was dying and I prayed for many, 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 many weeks, and they still died. And you know what he got? Do you know who he get mad at? They didn't get mad at the doctor. They didn't get mad at the disease. Who did they get mad at? They got mad at God because they thought God was going to move on their schedule. And God has his own timing. And sometimes, because of a sinful nature and sinful man, like Brother Perry said a long time ago, we're going to die. That's just the way it is. Things are going to happen. Diseases, animals attacks, people robbing us, people hurting us. Because the sinful nature of man, all these things happen. But rest assured, God is more powerful than the sinful nature. Amen. Amen. It takes a powerful God to overthrow the evil that's come out there. I serve a powerful God, and I hope you do as well. Amen. Amen. You could blame yourself. What if I had left earlier? I can imagine Jairus beating himself up. What if I left earlier? If I had left about 10 minutes earlier... She'd still be alive. He probably asked this, what, what if I had did more to get to Jesus? 
What if I had through some elbows and some right hooks and DDTs or something like that for the mob to get to Jesus Christ? What if I did all those things? He could have did that. But where that would have put him at? Could I, could I have done more to prevent this? You know, when we see stories and we hear real people talking about their death of their loved ones, Brother Matt, and we hear this all the time. Yeah. These are some of the questions they ask. What could I have done more? Could I have done something more? I heard a story the other day about a, about a father and a mother, and they, they were gun owners. I think you guys are getting what I'm going to. And they trained their kids never, ever, ever to touch their weapons. Never, ever, ever. Anyways, one of the three kids in the house grabbed the firearm out of their mom's purse, and it went off, shot the sister in the right temple, killed her. Her mom came home long enough to see her take her last breath and say goodbye, Mala. Tell you who that happened to. That happened to my sister. That was my niece that died. And I went, I went and I did the funeral, and there was not a dry eye in the house. Happened about four years ago. And what do you tell somebody? What do you tell somebody when their daughter or their kid is laying dead in a casket and it could have been prevented? What do you tell somebody? There aren't words to tell somebody that kind of stuff. The only thing I can tell them is that I serve a God and God says, if you believe in God, you believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Believest thou this. And the only thing you can do is give comfort from God's word. I'm talking about somebody's happy ending going up in flames. But be careful how we, how we deal with that, blaming others. A lot of this could have been avoided by treating others better than we treat yourselves. This is found in Mark 7, 7 12. It says, Therefore all things whatsoever you, you would, that men should do to you, do even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We know that it's the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Treat people better than you would treat yourselves. Got a couple quotes that I want to share with you. It's funny that when you treat others the same way that they treat you, they get offended. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I see people coming coming to the house at all the time. They got a little attitude. What would happen if I gave them attitude? Get mad and leave, right? right. If you don't want that to happen, then why give it to somebody else? Boys getting quiet. Somebody help me out. Somebody say amen. Blowing, <clears throat> blowing out someone else's candle doesn't make your shine any brighter. Blowing out somebody else's candle doesn't make your shine any brighter. Amen. Making somebody else look bad because it makes you look good. That's just childish. That's immature. That's childish. And that's ungodly. Amen. amen. A kind gesture can heal a wound that only compassion can heal. A kind gesture can, only, can heal a wound that only compassion can heal. It doesn't cost anything to be nice to somebody. Amen. Compassion will cure more sins than condemnation. Amen. Compassion will cure more sins than condemnation. It's tough to take, listen, it's tough to take a back seat and watch others receive blessings when you're in need of a miracle. Just remember that miracles suddenly, just, hey, listen. Just remember that miracles suddenly come to selfish people. I've never ever saw a lot of miracles come to somebody that was really selfish and didn't care about others. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Most miracles come to somebody that's seeking after God and they want it for somebody else or to help somebody else. I don't, 
I want to get a million dollars. God, help me get a million dollars. You think God's going to answer that, that, that prayer? Probably not. What happens when you don't receive your miracle? You're happy in it. It interferes with your view of God. It interferes with your view of God. It makes you give up on hope. Watch this. While he yet spake, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue's house saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Jesus said, Fear not only believe. And he said, She's not dead. She's still sleeping. And they laughed at him. They mocked him. They clouded him out. They punked him out. Amen. Because they thought, oh, she, sh. this is what they probably thought. They're like, oh, you know, she did. That's probably what they thought, right? But Jesus walks in the scene and he says, we often focus on action. We should often focus on the action and not the, sorry. We often focus on the action and not the author. We focus on the action and not the author. Amen. God can change the action with the word. God can change the action with the word. God can rewrite the story in spite of the bad. Amen. God is the happy ending. God can give you the happy ending, but he's also the holy one. Amen. Amen. This daughter, I'm done. A couple things about this story that I want to share with you that, that struck me as very, very profound, Brother Matt. And I might be wrong to totally altogether, but this is something that God showed me. <clears throat> Remember earlier I talked about about Jairus. Let's go back to verse number 42. <clears throat> Let's go to 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. So it talks about who he is and what he did and why he was there. 42. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now, in this verse of scripture right here, it says nothing about the mom. Know that, notice that, Brother Matt? Nothing about the mom. And notice how, 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 how old was the daughter? Let's go to verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve years. Which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Came behind him, Jesus, and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. <clears throat> now, if you know anything about Jewish custom, when a woman has a child, there's a, a period of time where the Bible calls her unclean. That's her purifying period. And the issue of blood is, I don't want to get into all that, but <clears throat> there was something wrong with her, her feminine anatomy that would allow her to be unclean according to Jewish law. This didn't stop. It lasted for 12 years. There's two reasons for this. Number one, it could be some kind of cancer, some kind of ailment, or it could be a childbirth. Stay with me now. Hang tight. <clears throat> and the Bible says she was healed right there in verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And thou said, who touched me? And then Jesus said, somebody touched me. I perceive that virtue got out of me. And then she came forward and she testified to God that I had this issue. I had faith to believe that if I touched your garment, Amen. that I'd be healed. And she walked up by faith and she touched the hem of his garment. And boom, shakalaka, she was healed. Amen. Next thing you know, look down another verse. <clears throat> the Bible says, and he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith 
hath made thee whole. Go in peace. She went in peace. Watch this. While he yet spake, there cometh one to Darius to the ruler, saying, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. And it goes on the further, and it says right here in verse 51, and it says, And he came in unto the house. He suffered no man to go in. Say, Peter, James, John, and the mother, uh, the father and the mother of the maiden. Nowhere in scripture before that did it mention the mother. It just mentioned the father. Now it's mentioned the mother, the mother and the father. I'm saying this woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. Could it be that she was the mother of this maiden that Jairus had talked about earlier? And now God has healed her, healed her infirmity for 12 long years. And now the daughter is dying. And could it be that God had allowed all this stuff happen to bring them both into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Boom, they got saved and they're going back man and woman, husband and wife. Now they're a family again. Daughter grew up without a mother for 12 years of her life. She was only grew up raised by relatives. I believe that this woman had an issue of blood that was Jared's wife. She was unclean. She had to spend everything she had separated from her family for 12 years, seeking a cure for her uncleanness. And now God has reunited her. The bad situation was very tra tragic for both her and the father and the daughter. But God saw the bigger picture. After she was healed, the Bible mentioned the girl's parents came into the room with her. I want to say this in closing real quick. Just because you don't get your happy ending or your miracle, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you. God cared about the mother, the father, and the daughter. Sometimes what God does is he orchestrates a bigger plan. Because we see like we see like this through a little small magnifying glass and that's our scope of seeing things. And we don't even see God's little plan, God's big plan. God's seeing the whole picture from afar off. And he knew from the very second that life started in the mother's womb that this would happen. And his plan was to bring them all back together. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. How do I get my happy ending, Brother Willie? How do I get my miracle? How, what do I need to do? I'm going through something in my life and it's terrible. I'm going through something in my life right now that if I told somebody else, I'd be embarrassed to say it. I'm going through something right now in my life, Brother Willie, that if I, if I even thought about it in this classroom, it would bring me to tears. How do I get my happy ending amidst all this stuff? I'll show you based on what went on in their life. Number one, you must know the author of the happy ending. You got to know him. Only come to know him by knowing him through his word. Amen. You got to believe in him. Darius and the woman that the woman that had his blood. They believed that they believed it. They walked towards him in faith and they trusted in him. Amen. The Bible says you must put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, that's the only way we'll get that miracle. Amen. You must turn to him in salvation from sin. They had to turn to him by faith. Walk to him by faith. You know why a lot of people are going to hell today? They don't believe God. They don't believe that God's going to do what he said he did. You know why? Because people have let them down. People will let you down. God is not a person. God will carry out his word. The Bible says he esteems his word higher than his own name. And his name is wonderful. Prince of Peace. Counselor. Emmanuel. Amen. Must be willing to pray humbly and ask God for this miracle. The miracle is not something that you can squander yourself. The miracle is a new life in Jesus Christ. That's the miracle. That's the happy ending. 
It's not about toys, gifts, candy, money, or wealth. It's about having an eternal life through Jesus Christ, God's Son. Amen. I hope today that you don't see a happy ending as just something that comes on TV that happily ever after. You'll never get that. It's never designed to be that way. God never promised us that. But your happily ever after and your happy ending can be today a faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ if you trust in him today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the day and goodness to us, Lord God. I pray you bless this message, Lord. I did my best. Now it's up to you, God. Decision time. Help people to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to them. Holy Spirit, I pray you bring about a holy hush and work in the hearts and minds of people as they're listening to this word today and as they listen to the invitation. I want to thank you for everything you do for asking us in Christ's name. Amen.